Welcome into another episode of Behind the Bench with Carter Eckel. This is episode 53. I'm your host, Carter E. Joined from uh, across the internet with my producer, Jeff Mulvihill Jr. of InstaImage.com. Jeff, you've got uh, quite the backdrop going on behind you, but uh, how <laughs> how are you doing otherwise? Uh, it's it's been it's been a good trip. Uh, my team won in the World Cup already, so so obviously my team is not the U.S. <laughs> but who's, yeah, whose team? Which team is that for for all of our all of our I, listeners I'm who are otherwise fan. familiar? I'm an England fan. Grew up grew up with English coaches in Northern Oregon that go into soccer camp, and I just. There's a player. He's a uh, he's a commentator now, but Gary Lineker was my favorite player. Uh, he scored a goal against the U.S. in 1985 that mesmerized me. Uh, I'm still mesmerized by it to this day. Just the whole how it all happened. So that kind of solidified that. And uh, I think yeah, I mentioned it last last week that uh, my first England jersey I bought in the 1986 World Cup, and it wasn't a thing then. Uh, that was kind of the first. They were playing in Mexico, so the fabric was special. So it would wick away. Now, now this is commonplace, but in 1986, the fabric would actually wick away sweat. So to try to help the, the poor England guys in, in Mexico, in Mexico City, when it was in the <laughs> middle of the summertime and ridiculously hot and sweaty. And so, yeah, England's my, my boys. They won. It's good. You definitely didn't date yourself with that story at all. I no, no doubt about it there. I, I can't be 29 still. <laughs> I was gonna say I wasn't I wasn't even close to doing anything in 1986. That's for sure. That's for sure. Um, but for this episode, we've got we will get back to the World Cup. Don't you worry. For uh, those of you guys checking in on that, we do have some all-region football stuff to talk about that was announced um, over the weekend, and then uh, just quickly recap. Not even so much recap. Just kind of talk about the a few things I noticed from the Bishop Gorman Bishop Minogue uh, state title football game. Jeff, you weren't there. You probably guessed how it was going to go. Got a lot of predictions on tweeters, and most of them were generally in the ballpark for how things went. Um, the final score was 70-6 to six for anybody not familiar. That game was played at Carson High. Uh, it was 42-6 at the end of the first quarter. So it was pretty much over from there. I was running clock starting from the, the second quarter on. Uh, Bishop Gorman just, again, proved why it is – uh, the powerhouse of Nevada and, you know, is pretty much single-handedly, if not almost single-handedly, shifted the entire <laughs> regional debate as to far as which classification um, each each team in the North should be in based off of basically Bishop Gorman and a few others down in Las Vegas. Um, the, the debate continues on whether or not having private schools compete in the public school sector of the high school sports scene is is worth it um unfortunately nevada is not the only state that deals with this issue i grew up watching de la salle just dominate northern california in high school football amongst other sports not quite to this level but they're still i mean putting putting down um pretty solid records every year uh when i was a kid they didn't lose at all throughout the 90s um it was it was it's i think they went 152 and oh for for a stretch there um you see it in florida you see it in new jersey with other schools you see it in ohio nevada's not the only state with this with that's that's contemplating these issues and you know whether or not these big public schools should go to an open 
an open division entirely, but how, I guess that's... You, how do you handle that? I mean, the, you just look at the two teams, because you can't just say private schools, because they played a private school and they blew them out. So, right, right. I mean, we like well, almost it, need a national high school program or something. It's it's not even so much private schools more than it is just certain private schools um, that you're seeing with this level of domination across the board. Uh, as I said, talking De La Salle, um, you look at modern day in California as well, Bergen Catholic and in New Jersey, there's, you know, St. Thomas Aquinas among other schools in Florida. Um, you know, there's all sorts of schools in Florida, really, when you add an IMG Academy and, and Jesuit and high schools like that. So I, I mean, Gorman already does kind of play in, an open schedule to some extent. I mean, obviously they have region games against Nevada teams, but otherwise they're out of state taking on tough competition. I mean, they played modern day um, this season as well. You know, loss gave up probably, I think half the points they surrender all season in one game. But um, I don't know if anybody's found a good answer for it yet, to be honest with you. And as of nine thirty Tuesday morning, when we're taping this, I don't, I don't particularly have one either. I do. I mean, they are still, it's still high school kids competing at a high school level. I mean, you can't tell them they can't compete for a, a state championship, but that doesn't seem fair either. So where they go from here, I don't know. I think, I do think that uh, you'll see with this realignment meeting next week at the, uh, with the NIAA, we're going to see North teams drop to 4A. That's been, uh, I wouldn't even say the scuttlebutt anymore. It's pretty much seems almost almost certain that sports will be dropping to 4A here in, in northern Nevada. And uh, schools or schools and sports can petition to stay in 5A. Um, but on the football side of things, I don't think we're going to see that happen. You might see it in girls' soccer, softball, cross-country, maybe wrestling. Um, but the thing is, and this is this is going to be the tricky part, is what you as you mentioned, Bishop Minogue, as the other private school up here, probably going to want to stay in 5A in football and compete against Gorman for a state title. They can't do that on their own, though. You can't well, have one with, one five a team, team in the north yeah. with, yeah, with eight four a teams. It doesn't that doesn't work either. So, very curious to see how um, these realignment conversations go, and you know having having sports and five a drop to four a may not even necessarily solve everything. It just potentially gets Bishop Gorman out of the conversation in uh, in certain certain realms. So. We'll see. Uh, honestly, that's going to be more of a more of a next week discussion, if not pushed into the future here, because obviously we will have realignment with winter and spring sports. Also, um, this is just for this upcoming one will just be for the fall sports slate. So be curious to see there, and you could be seeing teams come up from three A that were were down there, um, such as Douglas Girls Golf, or potentially seeing teams go down to three A. Um, if if that's what they choose, that being teams that are currently in five A specifically, um, it'll be it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I think I've already said that a few times. I'm yeah. curious to see where it goes. I don't have uh, a a ton of insight other than that there's gonna be movement. Um, it's gonna be a lot of movement, and where things stand at the end of it is gonna be uh, certainly a, a big storyline as to how the whole state of high school athletics shapes out going forward. I mean, Gorman had seven hundred and 20 yards of offense in the state title game. Like I said, running clock by early second quarter. Um, so just not not a lot to talk about other other than that. Um, you know, Carson High had had staff working 
the game as you would expect, running concession stands and all that. Parking was not as bad as uh, I originally thought it would be. Oh, good. Um, it sounds like they, they had that sorted out pretty well. It wasn't their first time hosting a, a state championship game with the craft fair going on at the same time. So, um, you know, maybe I was uh, maybe I was a little off, but it was just a tweet. So I uh, I can't <laughs> just, you know, Twitter, Twitter may not be worth anything here in, here in a week or two. So. Well, just I'm gonna I'm gonna toss that to the side. I, I I was wrong, you know. It happens. That that is what it is. So, uh, all, you know, bravo all around for Carson Hyde for putting that together. It seemed to run without a hitch from what I saw. Um, you know, and it looked like Bishop a beautiful Gorman day. Yeah, Bishop Gorman didn't face many many hitches either. So, seventy to six final there uh, for anybody who missed it. Bishop Gorman wins your largest class, Nevada state championship in high school football and the all region teams we had um just a couple of i won't go through everything here sorry looks like i accidentally closed out of that tab on my end i won't go through all of our all region selections on the football side of things you can check those out in the newspaper and online at www.nevadaappeal.com backslash news backslash sports we added a little extra extra um thing there to get through that so just for anybody typing in urls that way which i don't think many people are doing anymore gotta start on the all region team with of course linebacker chris smalley out of douglas high he was the first name listed on the first team uh at, at linebacker i don't think the order in which the names are put down necessarily holds a great deal of value but i don't think it's any surprise at all to anybody who watched douglas high football play even once this year, that Chris Small, or excuse me, Cole Smalley. Did I say Chris Smalley? Cole Smalley would be up there as a first region, uh, first team all region player. Uh, my apologize for that mistake. I have two almost go interchangeably in my head sometimes, but he was second in the state in tackles, second in the north in tackles with 118. He had 14 tackles for loss, averaged over 13 tackles a game, pretty much a no doubt first team all region player there on the defensive end um for douglas he's also a junior so he will be back next season connor jackson his teammate picked up a uh, honorable mention as return specialist and was also a second team running back for douglas uh, as a junior there so uh bravo to him he had some pretty nice stats on the season as well as a handful of 100 plus yard games on the ground Carson had a number of honorable mentions on both offense and defense. Um, but of course you got to look at the uh, kind of the all purpose tandem that ended up on the all region defensive list at honorable mention between uh, Parker story at DB. You had Kincaid Gill, JT Heaton in the linebacker slots. We also saw Roman Gant pick up a second team uh, defensive tackle award odin riley was honorable mention at d end as well and of course for carson leading the way isaac avina was a second team all region kicker he was a first team all region kicker last year i think the biggest thing that quote unquote hurt his uh his first team shot was just the lack of of field goal attempts in the kicking side of things of course he was a first team all region punter certainly didn't lack any opportunities there averaging over 40 yards a punt the season on 34 punts pretty impressive stuff and uh, yeah, that pretty much rounds out my my things to cover there. Like I said, if you want to read more about each individual, you can find that in the newspaper uh, this Wednesday. But otherwise, 
that's going to pretty much do it for for local stuff. Um, Jeff, I know you touched on the World Cup with England beating uh, Iran 6-2. Of course, the U.S. and Wales tied 1-1. U.S. looked great through the first half. And then uh, not so fantastic in the second half. End up giving up a PK to Gareth Bale, and he doesn't miss those. 1-1 final there against Wales. What do you think? Does that give any more any more clarity to the U.S.'s run through potentially the group stage, or is that kind of what you thought was going to be the case uh, throughout? And maybe, you know, this Iran team doesn't look quite like what might, many people thought as coming in as the 19th-ranked team, but England really, you know, kind of took them to the woodshed. Yeah, I think Iran looked scared. They didn't come out and actually play. And when you're playing a team like England, you have to just go at them. If you're not going to go at them, why are you bothering playing? You're not going to sit back and try to defend for 90 minutes. That's not going to happen. It's not going to work. And obviously it didn't. They got six goals scored on them. Obviously the play opened up a little bit more once they scored one. You just can't you can't sit back like that. I I was a little surprised at their the the game plan because from the start it was like, well, we're just going to hunger down and that doesn't work. You cannot do that. Um, as we've seen this morning, uh, and I obviously didn't get up and watch the game at 2 o'clock in the morning, but Argentina lost. You and I have been texting this morning. This is the World Cup. These guys, they don't play other sports. They don't do other things. This is their profession. So if they can put themselves on the map at the World Cup, it could change their entire life forever. And they took that opportunity this morning and went straight out of Argentina. I mean, that's fantastic. That's that's. I mean, we talk about Cinderella teams every year in the in the basketball, you know, March Madness, and somebody's going to mm-hmm. step up, and some game is going to be out of this world. And and I don't know that the game was out of this world, but they beat they beat the favorites for the World Cup. And now everybody's well, is Argentina going to make it out? Probably. But Probably. <clears throat> I don't think you're going to see us sit back. Us being the U.S. on Friday, there's no reason for us to sit back. We need to win. And if we beat England, that it's it's going to be the same thing as Saudi Arabia beating Argentina. I mean, it, it's that big of a thing if we could beat England, because this matters. Um, it's going to make a difference who goes to the next. And then the, the Iran Wales game and the Iran U.S. game, they just became huge. I mean, they are extremely important. And who's going to show up and play? And how hard are we going to play? So, but we did look. Yeah. I mean, our goal that we scored that was fantastic. Um, talk about a team effort and you know a lot has been said about not having a lot of time with your teammates because of the situation a lot of them are coming from Europe some of them are coming from uh, MLS they haven't had you know weeks and weeks and weeks of time to be with each other and that's where I, I keep thinking in this World Cup it's like everybody on that field is an exceptional player everybody on every team and that first goal all of the combination stuff that happened and it just it just shows those are elite players all of them yeah i don't know if uh the u.s beating england would go quite on the upset scale that saudi arabia over argentina was but for the u.s as just as u.s fans i'm sure it would feel in the in the same ballpark but on an upset wise i mean they're already talking about uh saudi arabia over argentina is the biggest upset ever in world cup history yeah it it I, mean, I'm I don't know why people bit, I don't so. know why people if you make the World Cup there's something to your team but you got to show up and right. play and obviously Saudi Arabia showed up and played 
Now, I don't, I haven't seen what the pundits are saying about Argentina if they just kind of laid an egg, but I would be afraid if I was the next team playing Argentina because there's yeah. that they have firepower to just go destroy a team, and I would not want to be the next team. That'll be Mexico for anybody curious. Yikes. They are playing Poland right now. 0 0 draw in the 83rd minute, or excuse me, 0 0 in the 83rd minute. Uh, a lot of talk in the first half about how much it's changed that entire group. And now this Mexico-Poland game, while not that they're saying that teams don't go for the win, but you kind of are okay with the draw if if Argentina you know, is still a sure thing. But now this group's wide open, uh, and both teams could, could really use three points. Uh, obviously, I haven't watched the second half with us doing this, but uh, Mexico was pushing the pace in the first half, and um, we'll see see what that looks like moving forward. I mean... If there's one thing for for Argentina fans or anybody still you know on the the gambling train for Argentina because I know they were uh, they were heavy they weren't favorites right obviously Brazil were but as far as people wanting to hop on the bandwagon with Messi's potentially last ride the the one thing working in Argentina's favor is history of World Cup champions tend to not fare so well in the group stage uh, not that they lose to uh, the number fifty one <laughs> ranked team in the world but. Uh, tend to not fare so so hot in the group stage, so not all hope is lost for Argentina. But yeah, I would not want to be Mexico or Poland right now. Uh, I believe the term they used on the broadcast was uh, going up against a caged tiger, <laughs> caged wounded tiger, yeah. and that's what Argentina is going to be here from now on, from moving forward. We all hope because we want to see something exceptional happen. We talked about this last week. The World Cup is an opportunity for somebody to do to step up and do something exceptional, and we're all the world is watching. And yes, we had social media before, but it's not like it is now. And the whole world will see that happen, um, and and people will be paying attention to it. Lots of good stuff is happening. Excited for the rest of it. Yeah, and that's going to do it for episode fifty-three of Behind the Bench. Don't worry, we will get back to plenty of local high school sports for anybody who's not quite on the uh, a soccer train here but we are currently in the midst of transitioning between fall and winter do want to wish everybody a happy thanksgiving hope you get to uh, enjoy it with whoever you spend it with um coming up here later this week but thank you to our title sponsor as well that's gonna be double j auto in v in gardnerville you can find them online at www.doublejautonv.com that's going to do it for episode 53. We'll be back talking winter sports next week. Uh, otherwise, and enjoy the turkey, and we'll catch you guys next week. Take it easy.